If you have been thinking about starting a podcast or your current podcast needs a little help, we have the solution for you. Today's show is brought to you by Idea to Launch Academy, the only multicultural podcast academy that to date has helped launch over 500 podcasts. Anyone can launch a podcast, but it takes real work a solid foundation to have a profitable and successful podcast that stands out from the rest. You can Google how to start a podcast and publish it, but then who's going to listen? I have been podcasting for over a year and it has been an amazing experience that has opened up a lot more doors for me in this space. Carla Ramirez, the CEO and founder of Idea to Launch, has put together a course that will help you take your podcast from Idea to Launch in 30 days with her proven five-phase formula that helped her reach over 100,000 downloads in less than a year without social media presence or any tech background. You learn how to come up and refine your podcast topics, artwork, recording, editing, marketing, and so much more. Also, when you are part of the course, you become part of a community of podcasters that all help and inspire each other. So use the link in our description to enroll in the Launch Your Podcast in 30 Days 2.0. Let them know that Double Dose of Raw Talk sent you and get the Instagram 101 crash course for free enrollment is now open we're good welcome back everyone to another week and another episode on double dose of raw talk podcast i am your host misty and today i have one of my favorites some of y'all better not get mad coming back to the show the one and only imani blair host of lick the rapper podcast <laughs> what's up what's up family double dose of raw talk with miss d what's good I'm so this is like my podcast big sister i tell you that all the time with double d's well that might change oh i don't know if i told you i think i've been in i saw it in the like show the notes five years yeah yeah we're gonna so, talk about it yeah i'm a okay uh, 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 yeah 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 it, it's it's a hard it's a hard reality. Um, I'm not ready to go get fitted again, but there's a good chance I've been in denial and I've been fitting these titties into the wrong size. I'm the, weak, it, so you think yeah. you have to go up a size? Uh, more, more than just one? Yeah, like several letters. No lie, for real. Somebody was like, "You're not a double D. I'm a double D. Look at your titties. Look at mine." <laughs> I was like, I was like <laughs> um, "Growing out of clothes." is so humbling <laughs> like jeans are not even an option for me i don't have one pair of jeans one no not one because i i'm i'm in i'm a, like a six now like i've my whole life i've always been two three now i'm like a six for real for real and it's like maybe even like you said maybe even higher like i had a whole bbl like my body's completely mm -hmm. different bitch you're not a size three Every time you try to put the shit on, it rips. Grow up. Grow up. No. So. No. Yeah. No. Wait, from the handles? Do you try and put it up from the handles and the, the handles rip on your jeans? The handles have ripped. The crotch has ripped. The knees. All of my jeans looked ripped. You know, I need some nice business casual jeans. Like. 
those exist. I don't wear them, but those exist. I know. So I need to just do better. I professionally wear the very unprofessional Fashion Nova slacks that are supposed to look professional, but they're not. They just mark me up. And I really don't give a shit. Everybody's like, Daisy, what you wearing today? I'm like, my suit from Fashion Nova, though. Exactly. <laughs> Fashion and Nova's the titties, the, the titties be tittying. Today I'm wearing the suit of Fashion Nova with a Fashion Nova top. I had no business wearing to work, but I did. And my titties were tittying. What you want me to do? It is what it is. What do you Everybody want like us them. to do? What do you want me to do about my titties? I can't. I can't put them away. There's nothing I could do. And here's the thing. Even if I go up to my true size, they're still going to be there. They're still, I mean, it's not going to matter. Yeah. So, Have you seen the teacher? Funny. There's like, it was going viral on Twitter. It was like a teacher. She had a really fat ass. Like her body was nuts. Like a really crazy body. And people were like, would you let her teach your kids? And I'm like, what do y'all want her to do? She can't she had change the- her butt. She had the tight dress. Yeah. And they had an issue with her being at the front. First of all, let me say this. It doesn't matter what she wears. She looks good. She looks right. good. Kids with hormones are going to stare at her. If she and had on her. jeans, if she the wore a hon- suit every day, the body's Everything. not going to change. Everything. Let me tell you why. Because when Mr. Wheeler used to go up to the front of the board when I was in high school, and he used to turn around, and some of my high school friends remember Mr. Wheeler. We used to see his ass and we used to see his print, okay? Oh. And we all loved it. And I don't give a shit. I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it. I don't care. Like in junior high, what was his name? Mr. Boston Hill, I think. Him too. We used to love him going to the front of the fucking board. And the, but the thing is, is like she was teaching children. Like, but literally she was in elementary school. Like, relax. And, well, don't get it twisted. Some of these elementary school kids, they horny. Yeah. Yeah. I was. They're, 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 I mean, uh, yeah. I, I had titties at nine. So. Yeah. <laughs> Facts. <laughs> so, as the, I mean, it's going to happen, but you cannot put her in a category like she can't be at the front of the class or she cannot, you know, exercise her expertise in teaching and educating just right. because she got a fat ass. Right. Like, that's just so... It, it mind blo- it is it's mind blowing that we can still sit here and be like, oh, no, why is she teaching? Oh my god, her ass is big. Fuck out of here. Her ass didn't get her her fucking degree. Right. Her mind did. Right. Like what the fuck? It's so narrow minded, and I can't. And it's so fitting for what we're gonna talk about today. Actually, perfect. So hilarious. All right. So, lick the rapper podcast. Imani Blair. Let's just hit it off from jump. We are destigmatizing. What are we yeah. destigmatizing again? Destigmatizing sex for young adult black women. Because I for just, sure. obviously, I'm a young adult black woman, so that's all mm-hmm. I can speak for. And mm-hmm. we are just held as such a tight rope when it comes to sex, when it comes to expressing ourselves in sex, more so than I feel like I grew up with all white people. I was the only black girl in my class I talk about all the time. And I could see white girls do certain things that I couldn't do. Say Mm -hmm. certain Mm -hmm. things I couldn't say. Act a certain way that I couldn't act sexually. You know, of course that happens all the time in the world. But, like, I'm sorry. You can't control my pussy. That's going too Mm -hmm. far. Mm -hmm. Like, Mm -hmm. I I might not get the job because I'm black. I might not get the house because I'm black. But this pussy... Like that's <laughs> off limits. <laughs> Damn, her is gonna get what it wants. Like, <laughs> can I have like, anything? <laughs> it's in control of herself. Right, y'all gonna leave her alone. Exactly. No, I love that you said that because I want to be fair on this, and and 
it might be unpopular opinion or might not. Maybe some of us are very um, aware of this. And by some of us, I mean myself as a Latina and many other Latina women out there. But at the end of the day, when it comes to sexuality, for many, many years, while there is a side for Latina women that, you know, machismo says you're not allowed to be sexualized or sexual, right? Let me not say sexualized. You're not allowed to be sexual. There's another piece of it that Latina women are always associated with being spicy and it's cute. 100%. If they exercise their sexuality, yep. right? And, yep. and it is cute, and it is. And when does it not become cute? When you are of a darker skin complexion. 100%, you know what I'm yeah. So that is the reality of it. It's like, oh, if you get a Latina, it's going to be spicy. Like, eh, calm down. If, calm she, if her skin down. is like, you know what, something else, not insects, but like in um, disputes with your partner, I've noticed that when Latina woman curse somebody out or slap them she's spicy she you know what i'm saying she's sexy but if a black woman does that she's a bitch she's fucking crazy it's yes. looked at a little differently you know yes it's yeah. it's funny because even in um i'm gonna say it corporate america i'm categorized as assertive if i speak up i don't need i i I'm going to be very honest. I feel like when it is a black woman speaking up, she's looked at as oh, angry or problematic. Right. And, you know, the Latina, you know, she gets the assertive line. And not that it's been to my benefit. It has not. Let me be very honest, because at the end of the day, I still don't get the position. I still don't get the job, just like everybody else. But it's not fair, the the categorizing. Oh, well, she's not. The, oh, so you're assertive, but you could say that in English and Spanish. Right. So you're just yeah. assertive, you know, yeah. whereas, you know, over here is like, oh, no, they're angry. Oh, right. no, it's probably 100 percent. 100 Yeah. So yeah. for sure, um, I do love that you have this platform because I'm going to be 100 percent honest. I feel like even for me as, you know, someone of, you know, to your point, you were mostly around white women, white mm -hmm. young girls. Um, mm -hmm. Even for me, not never being around that. I grew up with. Latina women, well, Latina young girls, black young girls uh, of other minorities too, and other backgrounds too, and other other skin colors too. Um, we didn't have white girls around us. We didn't. That's the truth. Um, but we also didn't get to talk about, you know, what sex is in the right way. In the I, right well, way. I don't it think was, no none of us. I don't think anybody right. did that. You know. Right. It's like hidden conversations. One hundred percent. And, you know, if you ask us so much remotely, I mean, fuck it, I'm going to say it. Just a, just a week ago, I was with a group of friends. And it's not to, you know, to put my friends in a bad light. It was just a really raw moment for me. I was with a group of friends and it's people who know me, people I know them. Right. And we're talking about how, you know, my kid is there. My kid is right next to me. My kid is 14. And I said out loud, I said, no, I said, I talk to my kid about sex. I have those conversations with my kid because I think it's important. And, you know, it's like the crowd kind of got quiet. These are people who know me, people right. who fucking know me. And I said, because at the end of the day, I said, I don't want him hearing the wrong information from nowhere. And I want him to understand that sex is not bad. That's not what this That's is. That's what my mom and always it, said. Yeah, it's not. I said, I started when I was 13. And I kid you not, I got the looks, mm -hmm. the looks with each other it was like like whoa and for 2.5 seconds i was like hold up are y'all really looking at me like y'all wasn't fucking too like y'all wasn't like also curious at 14 or 15 because like let's calm it the fuck down like my kid is yeah. fully well aware like it's no i surprise. did it at 15 like, it's so secret. i mean it is what it is yeah. like the difference between me and a lot of other people you know that i've been around or that i have been associated with 
I say my truth. Um, a lot of people don't. A lot of people hide it. And it is what it is. That that's what works for you. But for me, it's just like, don't look at me sideways and don't give me this look like, oh, my God, like you did what? Y'all was fucking. Y'all was fucking, too. So stop it. And it, and it's like, dude, it's in the past. Like, relax. Like, <laughs> but that just goes to show me that there's still going to be people in a certain bucket. For sure. That still put a stigma It's never going to change. Sex. It's never going to change. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. So I love that you do have this platform. And I want to dive right in. I usually do like a little like icebreaker shit. But I think enough titting and sex talk. Period. Icebreaker. So we're going to dive right into uh, the first segment, which is as raw as it gets. And it is the hustle for me. There's going to be a lot of H words today. Okay. Um, <laughs> um, I want to talk about you. I want to talk about your hustle and I'm going to say, I'm going to be up front. Why? Because let me tell you in the past year that I've gotten to know you in the past year that I've seen you. Um, I, 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 for, I've never known anyone ever personally that has a whole commercial of the lottery in her city. Let's just speak with that. I can't. Insane. I like. I just can't. Talk to me about like you. Like you said, you're a young black woman. Okay, yeah. but never mind that. It's the fact that your voice just does so much. It does. Thank oh, you. Thank I you. Can't. I can't. Why? Okay. Um. I knew that my voice was powerful at a very young age. So from the eight, like nine and ten is when I started my music career. But I literally. Used to have people come up to me and be like, I love your voice. Like, I'll be, I'm very loud. I'm a very naturally loud person. I'm talking to you where everybody can hear me. And I don't like that sometimes, but we'll get into that. But, you know, people have come up to me. I had a woman pay me to do her voicemails on her phone. So, yeah, and at that time I was like 12. So what I didn't know is that I was doing voice, that's voiceover work. You know, I was getting paid to do voiceover work then, but I just didn't know it. So I kind of slept on my voice. Um, not slept because everything I do is using my voice, but voiceover work is di- is different. It's a whole nother lane. And before anything happened, before I had any auditions, anything, I put in my clubhouse bio, voiceover actress. When nothing was happening, I put that. I was like, I'm just going to claim this. Like, I w- this is what I want to do. I'm going to claim it. Girl, and then I, um, the Virginia Lottery audition came up, and they said they were looking for a Kiki Palmer type. That's mm. what they, that's what the definition said, right? And Kiki Palmer is huge personality, jokes, you know, all that stuff, which I felt like I could bring that to the table. So, I yeah, I sent in the audition, and they hit me up like three days later and was like, you got it. I was absolutely shocked. I was oh shocked because in this world, we audition so much. Nine times out of 10, you'll never hear anything back. That's the game. It's cool. It's, it's hundreds of people auditioning for the same shit you are. It's just the way it goes. So when somebody's like, you got it, it's like, whoo, it's a shocker. But it's a blessing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it is a blessing. It is. So it's the voicemail. Bring me back to that, right? Because Oh, yeah. No, sh- no shame in this. I'm totally proud of the fact that I'm a 35-year-old woman. But back in my time when we used to do fucking voicemails, we used to do that dumb shit with the music playing in the background and then I had to lower the volume. Uh-huh. And then I had to sound all fucking sexual like, you have reached Daisy. Mm. This is the voicemail. Leave your voice. Like, is that the type of shit you did? Because, like, what did yeah. the voicemail shit look Hers like? Hers was, she was a real estate agent. And I, um, her regular voice and personality was pretty bland. So she wanted, oh. when people called her, 
they would get a, you know, a good feeling. So I would just say, hi, you've reached the voicemail of such and such. Please call her back at this number. I mean, her office hours are, blah, you know what I'm saying? Like that type of thing. So it was a professional, more voicemail. I didn't have like music and stuff. No, but I love that you said you were like 12, 13 years old when this happened, right? Yeah. And I didn't even know this. And that's exactly why this is called It's the Hustle for Me. Yeah. Because I started working at 12. Mm. I volunteered a whole year just to get the job by the time I was 13 when I was legally allowed to work. Um, because I wanted to work at that specific place where I started working. And I love that even in something such such a small moment, you were able to embody your voice, body it, and you did it on a whole professional level. And it's like 12. Like, did you even realize what you were doing? That's what I'm saying. Our true gifts and talents aren't something you have to practice. It's not something no. that you have to go to class for. Like I said, at the time, I didn't even realize what I was doing, that people get mm -hmm. paid hundreds of thousands of dollars to do what I was doing on her voicemail at 12 years old, yep. you know? And it's like ignorance is bliss. Oof. So Absolutely. when somebody says, hey, you're 12, your voice is great. Can you do my voicemail? Heck yeah, I'm going to have fun. I thought that at the time, to me, that was the Virginia lottery, getting paid to do a voicemail for somebody, Absolutely. you know? Yeah, so, I mean, I don't take it. I don't take my voice for granted. That's why this pneumonia really hit kind of hard because my lungs and my voice literally is my worth, you know? Um, you open up about it, uh, and, and I thank you for that because I, I do have a background in healthcare, and I have seen people who have, and I'm going to say you survived pneumonia because some people don't. Let's just put, let's put the shit out there. Yeah. And there are people who I've met throughout the years in healthcare who have been affected by pneumonia and voice is their talent voice is their work voice is their paycheck and it really fucks with them some of them have been athletes and it fucks with their lungs like actors actresses it fucks with them entirely it takes them the fuck out like for you you are a podcaster you are voiceover acting you are on this microphone and and let's just not go too far you are a you know i heard someone say Rappers are rappers, but I like to call them lyricists. Do you like to go by lyricists? I do. Okay, I'll break it down real quick because you know break this it down is my real shit. quick because this is important. It's very important. Um, the issue is that we categorize everybody as a rapper. If you're black and you go to the studio, you're a rapper. I don't think that's the case. Right. What Nicki Minaj does and what Sweetie does is two different things. And I don't mm -hmm. think we should always put everybody in the same category. And I respect Sweetie for what she does, but it's not the same thing as what Nicki Minaj does. Do you see what yep. I'm saying? So that's yep. why we have to say rapper and lyricist, which I'm fine with that. But truly, we should just be able to say rapper and everybody knows what we're talking about. But that's not the case because they right. call any and everybody a rapper. Does that make sense? No, it does make perfect sense. And yeah. this is why I want, I want to do this right with this piece because um, you – for one, I know you you mostly know I'm a rapper, but you also sing. You sing. You you have vocals. Let's just put that shit out there. You have vocals and you write your music and you rap your music. Mm -hmm. And I've seen you do the behind the scenes too. You have. You Daisy, you've seen it. You've I've seen, seen it. it. I've seen it. And it, the same thing goes with your podcast. 
you do it all. It's a one woman show. Yeah. You, you're doing the entire things from beginning to end. So for me, it's like when you have all of this right here, this is all that you're building. Right. And then you get hit with fucking pneumonia. Pneumonia. Like. Like, how does that shit work? Like, and you know I was in my stride, too. Uh, yes. I'm preparing for a big concert this summer. I have yes. been contacting sponsors. I got my pitch deck done. I was about to get with my dancers. I'm about to meet with a full band. Like, I am putting every dime I have into this because I'm about to be 27 this year, and it's like I don't have no more time to waste. Like, it's time to get it. I can't wait for somebody else to give me a concert. I'm going to do this shit myself. Right. You know what I'm saying? And so for me to be in that stride, working out every day, I'm a fucking vegan. I've lost nine pounds. Like, I was killing it. And then pneumonia hit me like a ton of bricks. It did. And I know we can't question God. It could have been way worse. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I'm just grateful that I'm healthy. I don't know what the reason was, but I'm sure he has a reason. So Yeah. Yeah. And I want to say that's true, right? It's like... Somewhere along the line, it, you know, the old saying where it, when it rains, it fucking pours and then there's a whole fucking thunderstorm and then a tsunami probably. Lord, it's like, OK, I, I'm paying attention. I'm taking notes. I'm listening. I see you. I see you. You trying to teach me something. Let me go find it. 100 percent. That's where I, I see was. you. That's where I, I know. was. I was dealing with so much shit in my life that the pneumonia was like. That was like, that was easy. You know, it's like, at least I can just sleep and y'all won't bother me because the rest of this shit is too much. For real. It just, it fucking crumbles. And you know what it is? It's like, I've been there for sure. And, you know, I love that when you, when we open up the show, you said, I'm like your big sister. Like, I really take that to heart. Like when I fucking know people, I fucking know people. And I'm there like, are you okay? Are you all right? Are you better? No, Daisy, but your level of care and love and support is different. Girl, it is different. Your mom is going to be mean. Like, I need to know you're right. Yes. <laughs> it's like, I don't want to be intrusive, but I need to know you're okay. Like, are you especially okay? pneumonia. Like, I think when everybody heard that word in a pandemic, like, if it was any other year, it'd be like, okay, you know, you're right, right, yeah. right. <laughs> But this scared everybody. I took four COVID tests that week. Mm-hmm. You know mm. what I'm saying? Like, it was just a lot. Like, <laughs> yeah. No, no, I hear you. Um, Vegan, lost nine pounds, True. and you said you got a BBL. That is Brazilian butt lift, for those of <laughs> yes. you who don't know and live under a rock. Um, <laughs> this is definitely something that I want to tackle. Okay. Because, um, and, and I think we have spoken about this before on, mm-hmm. on DMs, right? And I want to tackle this because, you know, you would think, oh, cosmetic surgery, great. She's going to be perfectly fine and happy. Girl. No, let's pause right there. I want to tackle this because there's a whole mental component to that, too. Um, the, the process to get to that. Uh, the aftermath, the, the surgery itself, the aftermath. It fucks with you. It does. Mm-hmm. I used to be one of those people, and let me be very raw on this, who used to think that people who take the route of plastic surgery are taking the easy way out. Mm-hmm. I used to think that. Whether that be, you know, the cosmetic piece of it or whether that be weight loss. I, I used mm-hmm. to think that. And then in my healthcare career, I ended up working in bariatric surgery and cosmetic surgery together. <laughs> oh, wow. it, was, it, it was It was a together piece. I had six divisions of surgery under this particular position in my healthcare career. Mm-hmm. And... 
when I saw the process between weight loss surgery and then cosmetic surgery, it was like, oh, this shit ain't that easy. Hold up a second. I'm here thinking this is like easy way out because I'm someone who has struggled with her weight majority of her life. I'm here thinking that's just easy way out. And it's not. But that's why when people say like, just go to the gym. Like, I'm not, to me, I'm not even going to have a conversation with somebody like that because you clearly don't understand the way the body works. If I want a shape, if I want hips, there's literally nothing that going to the gym is going to do for me. Absolutely nothing. Mm-hmm. It's the harsh mm-hmm. reality. So either I live the rest of my life with no hips, <laughs> which is fine, which if that, which is perfectly fine. It's about your happiness, right? Mm-hmm. If you are happy with your body, that is Okay, me, I wanted some damn hips. I didn't want, you know, I wanted some hips. I wanted a small right. waist. Like, right. I wanted a a huge curve between my waist and my ass. That's what I wanted. Right. And, and I, that, I got to go get it. Period. Right. Like you right. said, it, it was a lot. Yeah. It yeah. was a lot. So, and this is the other piece. I'm going to be honest. I'm a chicken shit. I've worked with surgery my entire healthcare career. I'm a chicken shit when it comes to surgery. I'm going to be honest. It's scary. Like you would think I'll be all right with it because I've been around it for so long. No, no. it's probably the opposite. I mean, that's why um, people do too much research. I tell my best friend Aaliyah all the time. She researches everything. She wants to watch every video on everything. And I'm not like that because if you do too much, if you know too much, it's going to ruin it. Like <laughs> some, you don't need to know every single thing. You pay that money, get on that table and go to sleep. You'll be all right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I, I do work out. Right. And I mm-hmm. and I've had a I've had a weight loss journey in itself. I lost 56 pounds total. Oh, that's awesome. Journey. I did. I did. It, it was it was a hu- it was a it was a huge moment for me to reach that level. And then the pandemic fucking happens. And oh. I have definitely talked about this before. I went up 10 pounds and it has been the toughest 10 pounds to deal with of my entire fucking life, to be honest with you. Now. In realizing now I'm back in the gym, back to working out, back to training, I'm back to eating a lot better. So I've already lost a few more pounds, which is great. But it's not just about the pounds for me. It's definitely about the inches, right? And it's I all realize about the inches. It's all about the inches. It's all about and the I inches. I don't give a fuck Yo, about that number on the scale. No, it's about the inches. For yeah. Me. I'm be honest with you about something. And this and this is crazy. So I'm such an advocate about standing in front of the mirror and pep talking myself. Mm-hmm. But even then, as I'm pep talking myself and I'm embracing every single inch of me, I'm noticing my changes. Mm-hmm. And it's like, yo, I remember before the pandemic, like there was a lot more curve on this side. There was a lot more hip on this side. My, you know, the curves up here were different. And I'm realizing that I need to shift my training now because... I want those curves back that I had at one point. I had certain cuts on my thighs and I've lost them. And it's like just the process itself. I'm not going to lie to you. I stood in front of the mirror and I said, you know, this is, this is I, I think I might just go elect fucking surgery at this point because what the fuck? And it, and it dawns on me. It dawns on me because I'm like, you know, five years ago when I started the journey is like I was 30. It was different. I'm 35 now. My body's changing. My body's 100%. speaking to me. It's going mm-hmm. through its own fucking evolution. And I'm, I'm at the point where it's like mentally preparing that if I do choose to go through a, a moment of let me elect this type of surgery for this. Right. I need to mentally prepare for that because there is a mental component to it. It's a realization yeah. to stand in front of a mirror. 
I talked about change. this a little bit on my episode that came out today. Um, mm. For sure, like, body dysmorphia is real. It doesn't go away. I'm going to be honest with you because that's all I know how to do. My pictures, I still Photoshop my photos, which mm. that's kind of scary because it's like, okay, I laid on a table. I paid $6,500 to get a perfect body. I still have a great body, but I want perfection. Mm. And mm. that is sick. That is not okay. I'm not saying that to brag about it. I'm saying that's sick. Like, right. when is it? When is enough enough? Because I, yeah. I look in the mirror now, I'm like, Shit, I need to get in some more light. That's sick. Like, that's not, like, okay. And I'm really scared about the next generation, to be honest, when it comes to play. And I've gotten my boobs done, BBL and everything. But mm-hmm. this idea of what we want our bodies to look like is not natural. Right. Right. And that's, right. that's terrifying. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm gonna be honest with you. I'm glad you bring up body dysmorphia. I see a lot of, you know, I'm like her friend, Aaliyah. Aaliyah is her best friend. And if you like tune into her podcast, you're going to encounter some pretty funny as fuck episodes with Aaliyah. Let me just say that because I love those episodes. But I'm like her. I go down a rabbit hole watching videos, right? And I go through this part of, well, you know, for motivational purposes, right? To keep me going, let me see, you know, weight loss journeys. And so here I am. I'm doing this shit, right? And I'm going to tell you what terrifies me. I'm going to tell you. That if I get to the point that I want to get to, I am terrified of excess skin because I'm going to need a a, a certain type of cosmetic surgery at that point for the the excessive skin that I have. And, you know, of course, oh, my God, I want to get there. But am I ready for that shit? Because then that's a whole other ball game. It's like you talking tummy tucks. You talking, can I have another child? You talking, I need a, I need a breast. I talk to my personal trainer all the time. I don't want to have to go get my breast lifted, but I will. So I need your help to keep these titties up because what do I do? Like there's certain things that I don't want to deal with and I may have to. Let's, let's keep it real again. That's my fear about having children. That sucks because, like, once again, it's, it's you know, it's the, um what's the word I'm looking for? Shallowness of our culture, of our generation. I'm scared to have a baby because I don't want my stomach to look ugly. It is what it is. It is what it is. <laughs> but isn't that terrible? I mean. Because our grandmas, their stomachs look ugly and who gave a fuck? They don't give a fuck. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> like, I'm so, bruh. These stretch marks on my thighs, I'm like, oh my god, girl, and I still have my stretch marks on my belly. See, okay, there. but I'm yeah. In some people, yeah. their bellies be fine. Some people, no, I'm, I'm, let me just say this: I don't ever hate people, and I don't ever hate on people, and I'm never envious of people. But some of y'all that get not a single damn stretch mark during your pregnancy just really be pissing me off. Right. I just want to say that shit, right? Like, and don't tell me y'all put fucking cocoa butter on because I did that shit. I That's used what to everybody said like fucking cocoa but butter. Everybody's skin is different. Different. You, you, exactly. it, it might be a girl who didn't do shit and her stomach is perfect. So all of that is bullshit. I can. But you know what? It's it's a real, it's a real and that's a raw as fuck moment. And I appreciate you saying that because the truth is there's nothing wrong with thinking that. I know you said, you know, but is that like how the fuck does that sound? Like I don't want to have children. But like I said, that's scary stomach. though, Daisy. That's scary that we put yeah looks and vanity well now i can't say i can't speak for everybody but i in my life have put vanity and looks above 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 my life that's that's sick you think so though i think so i think so 
that so, I literally I mean, got a BBL and I'm still photoshopping my pictures. Bitch, what the fuck? Is, are you okay? I like, mean, I'm, I'm talking like, to myself on the outside looking in. As she's, like, zooming in and slimming down and putting, I don't even know what Like, are you is, okay? She's like, she's because like, guess I, what? These bitches that we're comparing ourselves to on Instagram, they had three BBLs and they're Photoshopping as well. Of course they are. I sure. don't care what anybody says. But that's sick. And, and, that's the, <laughs> and, that, and, and that's the thing. Like, it's like, I think that is a societal issue, right? It's like, we're, we're, it doesn't matter. Like, it, honestly, it's an it, it's not even a never-ending journey. It's a never-ending society societal issue. Because it's like society plays this trick on us. This is Miss Universe. This is the most beautiful woman here. Yeah. Like, Miss Universe, and, and if, for those who don't know, but you're going to learn today... Alicia Machado, Miss Universe, was something that was ran, and I think if I'm if I'm if I'm speaking incorrectly, please correct me. Shoot me a DM or an email. Donald Trump has something to do with Miss Universe at one point, and Donald Trump made atrocious comments about Alicia Machado in the '90s. She was Miss Universe from Venezuela because she gained some weight. The slightest mm. bit of weight, her thighs were a little bit thick and she got a little thicker and they shamed her so much. They even did an interview with her and they showed her working out on a fucking treadmill. I think it was because so she childish. gained weight. I mean, you know, it back in that so day, shady. you had to be small. Like if your butt got big, they were like, oh, Ooh. no. Yeah. Oh, my God. And like, that's the shit that it does. Like at the end of the day. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. At this point, it's like, I don't, I don't give a fuck what language you speak. That is a terrible representation of what a beautiful woman is supposed to be. Like, you're supposed yeah, to lose weight. Is. You're supposed to be skinnier. Your waist is supposed to be smaller. Your ass cannot be that big. Motherfucker, she's Venez from Venezuela. Have you seen Venezuelanas? Big ass. They, they have but big that's asses, what I'm saying. Natural asses. Like, what the fuck? That's what I'm hoping to come back. And I know I sound hypocritical because, once again, I'm the surgery queen. But it's like going from we want girls super, super skinny now girls asses have to be huge and waist has to be super small i just want it to be where it's like you know just a natural body is like is what we love i like yeah. i would love if we got back to that because yeah. marilyn monroe back in the day was the baddest bitch and she had the most natural sexy body ever she was a size 14. she was hot my girl Marilyn was size 14. And she didn't have no big ass hips and big ass booty neither. She was just a thick, natural queen. Like, mm hmm, mm hmm. She did her damn thing. I love it. Girl, you know. I love it because I did, you know, and that's the thing. And like some of y'all who tune in, like, y'all in my age and y'all getting surgeries in the school it is what it is some of y'all have younger sisters some of y'all have kids some of y'all have teenage daughters who are growing into the ages of the 20s and they're gonna start looking at these things if they're not already editing their pictures and making it look a certain type of way and wanting a certain image too but so, I, and i will say this before we go to the next topic I don't want it all to sound bad because I don't want people to listen to this and no, like, oh, no. I'll never get it because it was the best decision I ever made. Right. Okay? right. I love my freaking body. Um, and I'm going to keep it honest like I always do. Once I got my body done, my career went to a different level. People looked at me a different way. I'm not going to act like I haven't thought about it. I have. I have. My mindset has shifted so much when it comes to that. I take pride in what my journey is. But I also want to be realistic to what I may or may not need to go right. through. Especially as you get older. Like you said, yes. our bodies change. And, and plastic surgery was created for older 
rich white women. And I hate when people shame, like, why these old women getting BB? That's who it actually was made for. It wasn't made for us at 27. It was made no. for women who've had three, right. four kids and just wanted to get their bodies back. So I don't, I think that age shit is stu- do what you want, man. Do what you want. Shout out to everyone who gets Botox. I've actually thought about that shit too because some of these wrinkles is coming See, in. See, I'm scared of Botox because it's so much upkeep. Mm, well that's true i have heard that yes that is true that is very yeah. true you're absolutely right on that i mean listen I, i'd be lying to you if i say i don't think about this i do i'm 35 i'm gonna be 36 this right. year these are things that have crossed my mind when i'm here thinking and saying to myself oh i think i want another baby in three four years these are things i'm thinking about these are things i talk to myself we have about. to there should be no shame in that um, because to your point that's why it's called the mommy makeover a lot of this the started mommy makeover. The, mo- the mommy makeover and it was for women who were older who were done having kids some women have four or five children they're like alright I want my mommy makeover and they go right. and they do it and a lot of that, that's where this stems from. And it is what it is. Listen, these women have carried children, have given right. birth. And then let's uh, let's just fucking face it, too. To your point, you said, oh, your career shifted. A lot of the time in a lot of relationships, when a woman loses it or lost it or lost herself for this Talk and the third, it. you know, it's like she feels the pressure of having to lose weight again, tighten up. How do I, you know, oh, you know, the extra chin. Let's go get rid of it. Do a little lipo here. Do a little lipo there because sometimes it's associated with oh you know you're gonna lose him oh you know you you know he's gonna have eyes for someone else it's so not fair we have so much pressure we have to have the babies and we have to look perfect it's like way Mm -hmm. too much it is a reality guys yeah all right moving on this one (laughs) woman show that you mentioned this concert what are we look? First of all, I'm gonna declare it now, and I'm gonna say it. She already knows. I told her I was gonna sponsor, and I'm gonna sponsor it. So that's Aww, coming Daisy. to you because my thing is this. Um, y'all know how I am, particularly with my child. My child streams her music. Um, he listens to the podcast, so it's which an is educational moment. Literally out of control. <laughs> what she said about Lena the plug. Anytime I think about children listening to my music, I'm like, oh my god. Well, that's the thing, though. But that's See, what the they're listening is. to. They're, he's listening they're, to he's it. He's listening always. to it. Yeah. Right. He's going through the YouTubes. He's going I through know, the Apple. I, know. I mean, I got him the family share shit so he could download shit unlimited. Like, fuck that. He's gonna listen to it regardless. You know, he's my little sister Bailey. She just turned mm-hmm. ten, and of course, mm-hmm. she has TikTok. And the other day, she's like, Imani, I'm going to follow you on TikTok. And in my brain, I'm like, mm. Mm. So she goes to my page. And, of course, the Busset Challenge is up there. And my mom is like, should she be following you? And I said, Mom, honestly, everybody's doing Like, she's going to see it. Like, me doing it is no different than everybody else doing it. If it makes you uncomfortable, she can unfollow me. But, like, it's a, I mean, everybody's doing it. If I'm not no, doing no. it, she's going to see somebody else doing it. So, But see, right there, that's the moment. And let me be very transparent with this. See, I didn't even know it was going to go this far, but I'm going to fucking throw it in there, okay? No, let me throw it in there. She just said Bailey turned 10. So happy birthday to my sweet little Bailey. I hope she <laughs> listens to this. Yes. But she just threw that in there. At 10 years old, sex was already a topic for me. She's, yeah, right. Okay? It was already a topic. Not at home. It was a topic in school. Kids talk about the shit. I am 35 years old. How many years ago was this? 25 years ago. Okay. If she's going to see a busted challenge, she's going to see it regardless. Right. But if there's a moment for her to see it for someone she knows and loves, 
who does it and engages in it, that is a moment for her to understand other pieces and other components of a busted challenge. Like, yeah, we look at it as, oh, it's just, you know, you busting it down wide. No, 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 no. There's more to this, and especially when it comes to our kids. Like, my kid is a teenage boy. He's going to look for the busted challenge because he's going to want to see women fucking doing it. Like, that's the fucking bottom line. So use it as a fucking educational moment. Like, I know I know why you're looking at it. I know how you reacted. I know right. what's really going on. Right. But don't get it twisted. But, okay, go right ahead and like whoever you like. Tap, double tap, whatever the fuck happens on TikTok. I don't care. But <laughs> I don't. I still don't understand yeah. TikTok, guys. But, like, it's going to fucking happen. So if it's going to happen with anyone, let her follow you. And, and that's it. Yeah, because she I'm, knows yeah. who you are as it is. So the one-woman show... Um, a concert is coming up. It's in the works. Um, we're yes. definitely supporting it. Um, one of the you. things I want to put out there, and I want to give you your flowers as of now, um, I don't sing. I don't mm-hmm. perform. Well, let me not say that. I perform, but... Uh, and I you perform on your very, podcast every week. I perform on my podcast every week. There's a lot of different performances I do, but not everybody gets to see it or hear it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Same. <laughs> But this level of performance is different. You are producing an entire concert. A concert, like a mini festival almost. Like a mini festival. Um, The amount of work that's going into this, right? Mm -hmm. And everything else you're balancing. I want to know very transparently as a young woman, as a young black woman, as a young woman who is very multifaceted and very talented, how is it that you keep it balanced for yourself mentally, for your wellness, for your, I mean, let's just keep it all the way raw. You are juggling a lot. How is it yeah. that you're balancing this for yourself? Um, Daisy, I was just thinking about that. I was thinking about that yesterday, right? Because I'm like, okay, like my podcast is doing excellent. I love my listenership. But it's like, okay, how can I take it to the next level? You know what I'm saying? It's like you hit certain goals, but then they become stagnant. So it's like, how can I keep, how can I take this to the next level? And and I was thinking about what you were just saying. Like, I, I do have a podcast that I care about, but I also, I have, I'm an artist. And I have to record music. And I have to learn choreography. And so, it, and I'm, a, I'm auditioning all the time. So I am juggling a whole lot. Um, mm-hmm. What is helping me is like keeping a tight schedule. I actually learned that from Kim Kardashian because somebody mm-hmm. asked her that. How do you juggle? She's in law school. She has children. She has a million businesses. She's like from the moment she wakes up to the moment she goes to bed, she is on a schedule. You know what I'm saying? And she don't play about her schedule. And that's what successful people do. And when mm-hmm. I like got that mindset, it really helped me. If I get up at 6 a.m. every day and go work out for an hour and I take a shower and then from 7.30 to 8.30, I'm doing, po- I'm emailing people about the podcast. From 9 a.m. to 12, I'm writing music. I'm in the studio from 1 to 3. At 4, I go to rehearsals for the concert. You see what I'm saying? It's a, di- it's a different type of hustle, but that's the level it has to be for the success that I want. Because mm. mm. talent is only going to take you so far. And what they say, if you fail to plan, you plan to fail. Without dishing out too much of what I was working on today and what I've been working on these past couple of days. And we're going to talk about this in, in, in a little bit more. But for me, I, I am going to be childless. And of, of course, a bitch got to find some fun in her life. Right. And I'm going to do that because it's been a fucking while. But um, 
let me not let me not let me stop lying i can't i, I did some inappropriate shit recently we might Period. talk about that but but um here's the thing i literally just had a call with someone and i literally said i'm gonna be childless from this day to this day you're gonna be around i want to be in your spaces i want to be there I, this is the time I know for sure I'm going to be free. And most people will say, well, it's the summer, hot woman summer. I plan to have a hot woman summer. Don't get it twisted. But if I want to keep elevating, if I want to keep seeing certain successes happening for me, I'm going to use that time and really use it for a purpose and keep myself busy too. Because just because my kid is not going to be around, it shouldn't be impossible for me to balance it all out. And still keep a good mental on that. You know what I mean? So whether it is that I am going to go out and possibly go on a date. Cool. But I could also put myself in other spaces and get to know the people and network and continue to elevate my business. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. And man. I don't think it's ever too early to start planning for that. To get in, in a certain level of, and I hate the word routine, but I don't. But I like what you said. It's like that on schedule that becomes gotta a routine, have it. but it's a strict you routine. Ha- you ha- you got to have It's a structured it. routine. It's discipline and it's not easy. Yes. It's mm. not, no, it's not easy. You're going to be tired. You're not going to feel like doing that shit. But guess what? That's what separates the greats from the mediocre. And I love that. And I'm glad that we were able to tackle this last piece of the this segment. Hey, I hope you're enjoying the show. We're on a quick break right now just to remind you to visit our www.doubledoseofrawtalk.store and get your podcast merch and rep with your favorite host, Miss D. And of course, my ebook is still available, My Journal to Self-Love. You know, it's my experience and a dose on how to build and rebuild your confidence and be confident. So, Go support the show. And we're going to go right into the double or nothing. And this is where I'm going to dive into my childless upcoming moment. Okay. Um, because this is called on the double or nothing. This is where we keep it on another dose. And H in ho is silent. Oh. Oh, <laughs> oh exactly. Oh. oh. I want to talk about this mm-hmm. because so I did make the announcement <laughs> We already talked about the fact that your pod just stigmatizes a lot of these outlooks and sex, especially mm-hmm. for black women, right? Black mm-hmm. young women. Um, and you know what? And- Probably all women. I just know. I always think that my listener is like a 16 year old black girl. Like, that's just what I imagine that my listener is. That's what would you're be. supposed to think, girl. Ex- I'm right. supposed to, I, I'm, I know, I'm, I know I have a, diverse, a diversified audience, but I'm talking to the woman in her mid 30s. Right. You know, I'm right. talking to who identifies as a woman in her mid 30s. So, yeah, you so, get it. Yeah. You know, and, and sometimes we in our mid 30s just like to talk about a lot of different shit because we think we know it all. So, mm-hmm. that's why. I have this platform. <laughs> now, I want to talk about the H and Ho being so silent because I feel like, and, and, and the reason why I wanted to put this in, and it's so funny, right? Because I already had this in mind to talk about specifically with you. Um, and then you actually put up a tweet about what is a Ho. <laughs> Did you see his response? And I saw his response. And the thing is this, okay? Let me be transparent as to why I'm going to say this. First of all, let me cancel the word transparent right now because there's a lot of fucking shit that's been happening this whole fucking week and isn't the isn't the essence of transparency. And I'm tired of the bullshit with transparency at this point. So I'm going to be fucking raw with this shit. OK, <laughs> here's the thing. 
I don't know if you know this. My listeners have, have know this already because I've been plugging it and I'm going to I'm going to start promoting it a little bit more with a few more pieces of it. I decided to share a my journal to self-love ebook in which I put on the cover a side profile of me in a two-piece lingerie. Let me say exactly Ooh. what the fuck it is. And it was some at-home boudoir little photo shoot I did for myself and for Bay at the time. And um, no longer, but it was for him. <laughs> I'm not even going to lie. And it was a side profile picture, right? And a concept of this journal to self-love, this ebook, is how I rebuilt my confidence and got to being confident again because it was a rock-bottom moment for me. One of the lines in my ebook is, this is me bare, as in me sharing what this process was. And I said, well, you know what? Let's put me bare, right? Mm -hmm. So I did that picture and I decided to put it. It's a very personal picture for me. And I'm not going to say who it was, but someone said, oh, you have a porn book. And I said, a porn book? I didn't make a porn book. What do you mean I have a porn book? Well, you know, it's pornography because, you know, you're there and it's you bare. I said, like, but I'm wearing a two-piece lingerie. Like there was a lot of back and forth with it. And then it dawned on me. I said, we are still in a society where if a woman is shown, even on a side profile, I didn't show no nipples. My pussy wasn't out. You didn't see my ass crack. Like you didn't see none of that. You still and it's still, and you get what I'm That's saying? What I, that, okay. So it's like, why do we even, I'm a hoe regardless. <laughs> It's too much. If you like when I ask that question, what's the definition of a hoe? Nobody can give you an answer. No, no. like nobody can give you an answer. So Absolutely it's so not. I Yeah. It's, it's, so it's frustrating to me. It's frustrating to me. It's very stupid. Um, I'm not gonna lie, I did get very defensive in that moment because for one, I felt like it was the literal piece of judging a book by its cover. Right. And then the other part of it is the fact that I feel like you're putting my ebook in a category that has nothing to do with what its purpose is. Mm -hmm. And so I, my response to that was, well, just wait until my journal to sexuality because that one's coming and I'm going to release that um, because it's a whole other ballgame with my experience to getting to that point of embracing my sexuality. Mm. But my whole issue with this whole, you know, being being a hoe is like when I said to a few people, oh, you know, I'm going to be childless. It was like, oh, you're going to be a whole hoe is life. No shame to hoe is life because I there was a whole phase for me and I was a complete fucking hoe and I own it. But that's the thing. We don't when men do it, they don't call, we don't call it a whole phase. So why does right. it have to be looked at like that? Why can't it be looked at? I'm having fun and I'm don't have a fucking kid for a couple months and I'm out here How getting about? my life. How about I had a whole lineup even when my kid was here? None of y'all needed to fucking know that shit either. And that, yeah, it's none of your fucking business. And whoever told you, oh, you have a porno book, they Girl. watch porn. You watch porn. <laughs> so you, you watch porn, so you're a hypocrite. And I'm purposely talking about this because the thing is this. There is nothing wrong with pornography. I watch porn. I watch we it to all do. put myself in a headspace, especially when I want to play with my own fucking pussy. Okay? Like, hello. I do fucking watch it. I watch some of my own personal porns, which is why sometimes I'll be missing some of the exes. It is what it is. Whatever. The point is, like, I, I put... <laughs> don't, like, dead ass. I'm going to be honest. Sometimes I do miss these motherfuckers. But, like, I... There's nothing wrong with it. My whole purpose of that moment, though, and that debate, it just felt like 
shit if i ever tell a story which i plan to because my main book will be coming soon if i ever tell a story of all my sexual encounters then y'all really gonna sit there and be like oh this bitch is a slut this bitch is a fucking hoe oh this bitch is like you know what i'm saying it's like I was in a room full of women one time and I said, oh, did you ever had a one night stand? And the response was like, yeah. And it's like, wait, are we ashamed of it? Because I right. have, and I'll tell you exactly how the fuck that shit went down. It's one of my best fucking times. Oh, I, and that's I, and Come on. Like, it's like, why are we still just looking at certain shit? Like, it's so fucking terrible. And I just, I did feel some type of way and I did get very, I'm not going to lie, I did get defensive because for me it's like, first of all, it is a disservice to a person who is a sex worker and is it working is. off of making their money, their coin, their bag You're not from doing the same thing they're doing. I'm exactly. not doing that same thing. So That's stupid. not me. So it's a disservice to that person. Right. And the bottom line is, my book was not a porn book. That's the bottom line. I've and never even felt, heard of a porn book. All I think about is images of people fucking. is that Playboy, though, magazine? I, you know, I realized that. But are they was, fucking? Because naked bodies isn't porn. I thought porn is people having sex. So, well, people having sex does fall into the pornography, uh-huh. but there is a whole definition apparently about pornography because this person felt like I'm about to look up the definition. Look it up. Um, yeah, I would look it up, but I don't know where I threw my phone because you know I'm being professional over here and just totally forgot my phone on the side and I should have I should have kept it with me. But there is a whole definition about pornography. Now, let me be honest. I was more busy and triggered arguing at the moment that I didn't even zoom into the fucking definition to see if it was like an urban dictionary shit. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And some of y'all know how I feel about fucking urban dictionary. (laughs) Urban dictionary is the ghetto. (laughs) It's the total ghetto. Um, But for me, it just aligns so much with what is a hoe. And the fact that for a very long time, I had this whole stigma around the word nympho because growing up, you know, when I did speak on, oh, yeah, my first experience was when I was 13. It was like, oh, you was an info. And it's like, damn, you're making it sound so bad. And was I really an info? Like, hold up. You know, there's certain definitions that there's so many stigmas to it because of the For way sure. people deliver it. They're making it seem like it's a bad fucking thing. And the bottom line is. Y'all probably are going to think my fucking journal to sexuality will be a porn book. And that's all right. I'll, I'll fucking own that bad. But the dead. thing is, like, to be honest, Daisy, your biggest supporters aren't going to be people who know you. And that's it's like, true. you know, and it's like maybe uh, maybe this book isn't for you. And that's completely fine. That's compl- everything isn't for everybody. You know what I'm saying? It's not. I, I want to add to this moment about me becoming a very unconventional mama. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, I'm going to be childless. Right. And I did tell his dad, you know, early on a few months ago that, you know, Marcus is hitting a certain age. So he's going to have him for some time and he should have certain conversations with him. And I did get the response of, oh, I mean, I don't really think we need to talk about it. And I was like, er, stop. No, you're in denial, sir. I don't need you thinking that this kid is not thinking about sex. Stop it. Um, so I decided to sit down and I started telling my kid, you know, if you have questions, like very transparently about having sex, I need you to have those conversations with me. I need you to talk to me and ask me questions. Like sex is not just like a penis and a vagina. Sex is sometimes anal sex. Sex sex is uh, oral sex. Like it's all of that. Like we need to have that conversation. And I realized that the 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 route I'm going is leading into the conversations of we talked about this before, smoking weed, mm-hmm. marijuana, oh, yeah. CBD atoms, things like that. And 
I'm in such a fucking comfortable situation right now. Very comfortable. And I know this is going to be uncomfortable for some of y'all who are listening, but I'm very fucking comfortable in the space I'm in with a teenager. And I low-key, besides the fact that I ref- refer him over to Imani's podcast and Imani's music. Insane. Um, I also need this whole normalcy on it's okay to talk to your kids about sex. And it's okay to teach them in a way where if a woman is bare on a side profile, she's not necessarily a fucking hoe. Or she's not necessarily <laughs> creating a porn book or a porn star. You get yeah. what I'm saying? Because if I yeah. was a fucking porn star, I'd be making lots of fucking money But that's right what now. I was about to say, though. It's like... What you, yeah, what what you did on the book, you were not a porn star, but we all watch porn. Why do we watch porn and use it when we want it? And then we shame the people who do it. That makes, that mm-hmm. literally, that makes no sense. Mm-hmm. That doesn't make any sense. Sanitation workers, people who do the trash. Do you know how fucked up our world would be if there were no people to do trash? <laughs> How about, how about, how, first of all. Like, what are we talking about? First of all, I got no fucking shame. When I catch that my sanitation worker is hot as fuck, you damn right, I'm downstairs at six o'clock in the morning looking at any excuse to talk to this man about the garbage that I put out. Don't get it fucking twisted because A, I heard they make good fucking money. I heard they make good fucking money. Okay. They make a lot of money. Some of them make more than me. I dated a sanitation worker once. They make a lot of money. I'm trying to make my boyfriend a sanitation worker. I'm trying to get him to start his own company. It's so much fucking money. Are you kidding me? It's so but much I'm money. But I'm saying, but that's a, right. So, and, and, I, and I think it's an amazing career. It is. So it's like, what, it, why are we looking down on people that we need? Uh, mm-hmm. are, you, mm-hmm. are you dumb? Like, right. And, and I need porn stars. I need porn stars we all for do. my enjoyment. I do. Me too. I, absolutely. D- listen, let me tell you what my plan is. That if I ever go under, if I ever go on a table and under a knife and I get myself. You're going to be a, a porn star. Me, bitch, this body's going to be all over the fucking TV. You, listen. this is honestly the real fear I have is doing that because I'm going to say fuck these degrees. You're going to lose your mind. Career. I'm going to lose my fucking mind. Y'all going to be saying no, sin, I mean, that's my facts. titties. Everything, everywhere. That's I don't care. You know, I got an OnlyFans. Like, what? Did you think? Like, I'm going to get paid from this body. Uh, like, I mean, if I'm going to be honest, I've had, and I told you this, I've had that conversation with my kid. That's the only opinion I give a fuck about my kid. That's the only opinion I ever give a fuck about. Right. And for the record, the kid approved the cover on the <laughs> ebook because that's the only opinion I give a shit about in my life. The kid. Yeah. As long as the kid knows what the fuck is I just is love up. the approach you're taking because he's not going to be surprised about shit. Ever. And like, you know, yeah, nobody's going to be able to say your mom was or like no nothing. It's like and that's that's awesome. Ever. That's the route we fucking going. If you think about it uh, with everything we talked about, there's so much of a mental component to all of this of how people try to manipulate situations and manipulate certain professions to really damage other people's mentals in a very manipulative way and i don't know if people understand the type of damage that could cause and the type of impact that can make when we're talking about people who are stars 20 something years old but also at the end of the day when we're as we're growing up at some point we do begin as kids and a lot of this damage this begins from that age to now Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? This is shit that settles in. Like, I, there was a point I was very self-conscious of having big titties. I've had them since I'm nine. 
Right. But guess what? I've reached a certain point where of a rock bottom moment mentally, emotionally has led me to a buildup of confidence where I am not ashamed of my big ass titties anymore. And if I'm right. going to reduce it is because I'm probably not a fucking double D like I thought I was. I'm probably a double G <laughs> and a bitch got back pain. That's why. Yeah. <laughs> but you see me laying back. I got back pain and my titties aren't big. So it, listen we're gonna we're gonna suffer one way but you but you got an arch now so you know you gotta you gotta fix the alignment i'm gonna need you to fix yeah. <laughs> you got a nice arch y'all want to see her arch i gotta go to, to her page onlyfans.com slash imani onlyfans.com all right <laughs> last segment the overdose this is two ways either it's a raw rant on some shit that you want to just get off your chest or something that has you on a very good vibe. So before I go with mine, is there anything you want to get off your chest or share a good vibe A with? raw rant to get off of my chest. Yes. And it could be anything. I don't know if y'all aren't going through this in New York because y'all don't drive. Well, here in Virginia, I don't know if y'all have heard about the gas shortage. <gasps> I saw on the news. Okay. So I, I don't know if it, what day is today. Today's Thursday. So I think it was... Mm-hmm. I think it was either Tuesday or Monday. My my boyfriend texted me and was like, babe, go get gas because there's about to be a gas shortage. Go fill up your tank. And I told him, I'm like, well, my tank is already halfway filled up. Like, I'm not that pressed. You know, he's like, please just go get it. So I was actually already out. Um, So I'm like, all right, cool. I'm just going to stop and fill up my tank. Not thinking it's a big deal. Mm-hmm. The very next day, gas stations were running out of gas left and right. It was like cars, I mean, just down the road waiting to get gas, like to, like hundreds and hundreds of cars at Wawa pe- running out of gas. You know, of course, the hoarders filling up plastic bags with gas, putting them in their trunks. It was very, very ghetto. And my Not thing bad. is, like, it wasn't a gas shortage until y'all made it a big deal, and now it's a gas shortage. So do you okay? So first of all, I just see that shit on the views. Second of all, I did not know it hit the RVA area. Which is, uh, <laughs> I didn't know because stri- I. <laughs> and then the, and then now gas is six dollars a, a gallon, and that's a lot here. Just like two dollars. Posted a picture that it was eight dollars somewhere. I think Sick. it was maybe in Atlanta. Sick. I think so. So here's the thing. I did see that there was like some for okay. So first of all. I wasn't going to talk about this, but I'm going to say it, right? So I did see the memes. Like, y'all need to tell me y'all going to hack into the gas system, the gasoline system. And not the student loans. (laughs) They don't know what the fuck. The hackers never get it right. I can't. But you know what's crazy? It's like nothing surprises me at this point anymore. The types of fucking cyber attacks that happens to this fucking country. I don't understand how these fucking companies cannot get it together. How this country cannot get it together. Let me just put that shit out there. Um, it's very disturbing that I've never, I don't think I've ever seen gas at nine or $8. A fucking oh, gas. like no, ridiculous. Ever. Yeah. I've never seen that. And I feel for you. So wait, so did you get the fucking tank filled up? Like- My tank is filled, but honestly I work from home. So like, I, I, it wasn't a big deal for me. I would have been fine anyways. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just that when everybody starts freaking out, it makes you subconsciously freak out. And like I said, it probably wouldn't have been a gas shortage if all of us didn't rush to go get gas because of the gas shortage. Does that make buddy sense? Money, buddy, money. That's the same shit that happened with the fucking toilet paper. 
Like exactly. I to this day do not understand why when the, the correlation hit, between COVID and toilet paper. Toilet paper. I, I don't, honestly. And let me say this. I've always been one of those people who buys like massive amount of fucking toilet papers right. and paper towels and wipes and shit. Right. Like I'm one of those fucking people. I, it's not something to be proud of, but I did. All right. No shame. I went to fucking BJ's the other day. I saw Lysol in a box that they opened up. You damn Can't right. I fucking it. racked up on that shit. Cause I'm Can't gonna be traumatized. It. Right. But, I don't understand the correlation with the fucking toilet paper. It's and the it's the selfish. It's why Americans are greedy and selfish Ass and fuck. disgusting people. Because as soon as you hear shortage, instead of you saying, "Okay, well, let me just get what I need and make sure," no, I'm gonna hoard all of this shit. Fuck y'all, I'm getting it all. And it's just it was bad. It's sick. That's what people did. We got rooms full of toilet paper. And now it's down to the gas. Now it's down to the mother. And now gas. you see chicken. I just went to Chick Fil A. They short on chicken, short on sauce. I heard on that shit too. You know what though? Oh my god, I feel terrible now. Okay, I wasn't gonna say this, but I'm gonna say it. I was gonna talk about something different, but let me just throw this in there. I, I did something fucked up yesterday. Okay, so now this makes sense, and I feel guilty. I went to Popeyes to get chicken, right, to get a chicken mm-hmm. sandwich, and I wanted a specific deal. And the poor manager said, "Nah, I can't give you that right now." <laughs> and I thought he was just denying me service. And I think it has to do with the fucking chicken. <laughs> it's a shortage of chicken. I've never been to Chick Fil A, and they tell me no ever. I've never been to Popeyes in the time. I'm like, can I get some Chick-fil-A sauce? He was like, you can get two packs. I'm going to do with two packs. Yeah, so I'm just tired. America is just annoying. Can I just get a Popeyes chicken sandwich? Like, can we have have chicken for that? I thought he was denying me service, and I feel like I got to go back tomorrow and apologize to him and just buy whatever he has. I'm weak. I go to a different Popeyes. Now, I may have kind of sent a message through Twitter to somebody about it. (laughs) I'm weak. You got to call up there and be like, hey, do y'all have any chicken sandwiches before I come? (laughs) I'm very big on customer service, y'all. I'm huge on it. Huge. Um, Quick rant on this just because, you know what, who am I? Who knows if this is ever going to get to the person? And it doesn't need to get to the person. It's just my humble, very humble opinion. But um, as two women who have one women's shows, I just want to say and get off my fucking chest. Thank God we have one fucking women's show. Listen, in the podcasting industry, it, it's been a reality check this week with a very particular, very known and, and famous and well known in these podcast streets, podcast, um, just for lack of a better word and expression, fall, falling the fuck apart. I wanted to say that in my, in my opinion, it's a falling apart. Joe Budden is the pod father. He's the pod start father. I by saying that and I want to say yes. the same thing that makes him brilliant as a podcaster, him being emotional, him being loud, him not knowing what to say out of his fucking mouth are the same things that makes him a brilliant podcaster. But that recklessness and talking to your friends any kind of way, ain't it? You you know what I'm saying? So that's the issue. He doesn't know how to turn it on and turn it off. Because that's the, it's, it's why we love him at all so for some of you who are listening and if you have not been living under a rock you might know joe budden podcast has broken up with his two friends rory and Mal, and 
For some of us New Yorkers, um, if you need a refresh of who Joe Budden is, just think of Pump Pump It Up, right? <laughs> uh, let's just keep it all the way wrong, because some of y'all motherfuckers just only really know him for that. Some of y'all really know about Joe Budden, right? Okay, cool. Here's the thing. Um, there, I've listened to the episode in which he basically fired Rory, one of the co-hosts, and I don't know if Maul's allowed to come back or not. I still don't understand what he means by that but the point is this the point is that it has truly raised a question recently in weeks and and i don't think this just applies to podcasting i think it applies to any business really when you're choosing to go into business with friends Mm -hmm. or when you're choosing to have businesses with friendships intertwined and i think one of the things that i take with this and just because i'm in the podcast space or creative space right you know I feel like I know what type of a strong human being I am. I know what type of a strong woman I am. I know how passionate and emotional I can be. I'm a Scorpio, that in itself. So I knew from jump that just with my character, I cannot have a co-host. I knew that. I knew from jump I can't. I I can't. I'm going to need more therapy for me to get to the point to be able to have a co-host. Let me be 100% honest on that. The thing with him is he's a very emotional person. And while I very. do think there are some valid points. Did you hear that episode? Did you hear the of full course. episode? Are you kidding okay. me? Okay. Cause I, did. I listened I to it. it twice because he's twice. He's a brilliant orator. Joe Budden, the way that man speaks, the way he's able to communicate, it's entertaining. But if I'm your friend, you can't talk to me like that. <laughs> That's the thing. <laughs> He made some valid points. Some to, he made he all, right. all of I his was, points were valid. All points were valid. Yeah, it's okay. not what you to... say is how you say it. Everything you said was valid, my nigga. You just don't know how to talk how to, to people. Say it right, okay. So That's I was just it. gonna I was gonna be humble and try and be like the the devil's advocate and just find a little bit. No, everything he said was valid. There was valid points all throughout. The only thing though, right? It gets. Just, Everything he said was right when it comes to business. My only thing is, though, Joe Budden, you're the main one who always talks about ownership and fuck a contract and fuck the business if it's not right. But then now you want to say it's the business and this is what it is. I'm sorry. Rory has been with you since episode 16. Yes. And you're almost at 400 episodes. Yes. Rory is a part of the Joe Budden podcast. He's bro. a part of right. Exactly. He's a part He's of that part shit. Of it. I don't care what the contract said. He helped build that show. Right. And I think what really got to me is I understand the whole business side of it. I just think that you cannot, as a person with ownership, decide when it is convenient for you to pull the business card and when it's not. That's especially that's when why it's your friends. 100%. When it's your friends, that there has to be a certain level of communication there. It's not about giving passes. It's not about just giving shit away. It's not about that. But when you're choosing... You're choosing to continue a business and it involves your friends. You need to understand as an owner, as a leader, as a leader, sir, you have to approach things a particular type of way. I'm not going to say different because some people that may sound like, oh, people get a different different type of treatment. No, a particular type of You approach. have to talk to people respectfully. That's it. Joe Budden Bro, does not talk to them respectfully. You can tell. It was horrible. He kept saying that Maul did not come to the show. I wouldn't have either. If I know you, 
if I know you and I fuck with you and I know how and you that's speak, what really pissed him off. That's what I was talking that about. That they weren't there. I said what pissed him when he walked in and realized they weren't coming. He called their phones and they didn't pick up. That's when he was like, I'm about to unload the fucking yes. clip. Like, I've yes. had enough. He's I've had emotional. enough. He's very emotional. Yeah. I think that's the other piece of it, and I wanted to put that shit out here, right? I think that when it comes to any type of business, and I'll close this out with this, any type of business, any type of leadership, whether it is podcasting, whether it is TV production, whether it is a show, whether it is corporate America, whether it is in any type of fucking industry, when you are a leader... Please understand that just because you are the boss, just because you are the CEO, just because you are the one holding the deed, he said, you don't talk to people like they're pieces of shit. Regardless of what is going on, you just don't do that, whether they're there or they're not, because everyone has a human right, at least a human right to just be respected as a human being. Now, that is different from earned respect. With everything else, a person holds weight on. But I think everyone has a human right to hold a piece of respect just naturally for being a human being. And that fucking episode was fucking atrocious and it was nasty. But, okay, this is what I'm saying, though, Daisy. Why hasn't a conversation been had off the mics, grown men sitting down with contracts in front of them to say, listen, this is how much money I'm putting into everything. This is how much y'all are getting. This is what it is. Y'all aren't doing A, B, and C, so I don't feel like y'all deserve A, B, and C. That is a respectful, honest business conversation. But to tell somebody that's been rocking with you for three, four years for free, this podcast is none of your business? That's wrong. That's wrong. wrong. It is his business. It is his business. That is fucking wrong. He shows up. He adds value. Whether anybody wants to say, oh, I'm not going to tune into them having a show on this. That's fine. But he added value to that chemistry. They both added value to that chemistry to have a a pretty dope fucking show. Because let me be honest. The number one hip hop show. Number not even hip hop. This is the number one podcast. There was a lot of people who were tweeting saying they tuned in even though Rory and Ma weren't there. They're replaceable. I'm sorry. I'll be the first one to say I did not tune in when Rory and Maul weren't there. I came for the chemistry between all three. I'm going to be honest. A thousand percent see, Like, my boyfriend, he loves Ish and Ice. Like, Ish and Ice, a lot of people fuck with them. And I'm going to be real with you. I think that's what really set it all off. Because if Ish and Ice didn't do a good job, and if the show flopped, Joe would have humbled up a little bit. When those numbers did not change... And the fans were like, well, fuck, we rocking with Ish and Ice. Joe was like, oh, fuck. Mm -hmm. So I don't Mm -hmm. have to put up with this shit. Mm -hmm. It's it's a lot I agree with. It's a lot I don't agree with. And to add to that, and again, I promise we're closing out with this one. To add to that, (laughs) this is the fucking concept that a lot of people don't understand. And I need to be transparent on this one. Fuck transparent. I need to be raw with this one. You are replaceable at the end of the day. People are replaceable. Don't think that you cannot be replaced by another person in any business, in any industry, and in any fucking company. At any That's time. Just at any time. Like, it is a reality. That is that is always a possibility. Um, But I wanted to put that shit out there because contracts are important. And as someone who's starting her business, um, who's really decided to elevate from podcasting to something even bigger and is trying to expand and continue to grow... Um, there's certain things that I am putting into place that even though I am a one woman show, 
I'm about to hit up a friend who I've seen is pursuing um, a business with resources on an attorney level because I realize I need to revamp maybe contracts, maybe guest release forms, like certain things like that, that I feel like it's for business purposes, not to offend nobody, but it's just for business purposes. I want to make sure all my T's are crossed and all my I's are dotted. That's all. That's all. Yeah. That's it. And it's a lot easier, you know, now that you're a one-woman show. But as your show grows and as you do more things, of course, you know, one day you might need a team. And it's good to learn these lessons from somebody else. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know? um, I am so fucking happy you came on this show Of course. Anytime. all this shit. Cause it of just, course. It, we just kept going. I love people when they come and they just keep going. Yeah. Um, and they give me reasons to keep fucking talking. <laughs> Imani Belair. Yes. Thank you again for gracing this Thank platform. you so much for having me, Daisy. I had fun. As always. always. Can you please tell my listeners where they could find you and listen to you? Yeah, of course. So I have a podcast. It comes out every thursday like daisy it's called lick the rapper podcast um just type lick and it pops up um you can type it you can find me imani blair on everything on twitter instagram my website imaniblair.com my only fans imani blair ent ent so i'm gonna include it in the show notes you know for some of y'all who need who who need to get a dose of imani y'all know where to find it there's some doses in there there's some doses doses, i love this and as always guys this has been yet another week and another episode on double dose of raw talk podcast i am your host miss c and you guys will tune in next week bye bye y'all don't forget to follow us on instagram and twitter and we are live on your favorite podcast streaming platform make sure to tell a friend to tell a friend to subscribe, rate, and review. Talk to you later. Bye.